broadcasting from Melbourne and Bendigo, Australia. This is 4Bits. With Steve Baker. And Simon Kirby. Good morning, Mr. Baker. Good morning, Mr. Kirby. <laughs> um, I had to try that off. So, I've, I've got my... I've got a new audio interface. I've got to try out the, the whole... The whole yep. mic. You've got to check the whole range thing, the clipping, the... The popping. <laughs> popping. Yes, well, but you don't appear to be popping yet, but we'll see. No, but let's hope that this podcast pops, though. Hey? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I hear things hitting the cutting room floor. Just <laughs> we, were, we were loud. Yes, crash. You're, we're already marking that in the, in the, in the timeline. Hmm. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. For uh, this is being now Easter, mm. so we've got a, a marvelous four-day break. Indeed, a very happy time of the just, year. Uh, just ace. But for uh, for uh, for those of us I- in the southern hemisphere, though, it's there's a tinge of sadness because it's one of those. It's it's a big break now uh, in autumn, um, but now we've got this long stretch of winter to look forward to, where there are no public holidays. And that's a little depressing. You know, because throughout my feeds, uh, my Northern Hemisphere RSS feeds that have been coming through, there's all these happy little people going, well, wow, it looks sun and heat are on the way. <laughs> it's only a matter of time now. And, oh, it could be unseasonably warm for a, 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 an unusual length of time. Oh, happy days. Yes. One of the one of the drawbacks of, of living in a uh, an interconnected world is that, yeah, you, you t- do kind of tend to get uh, feeds that are just full of things like um, uh, favourite outdoor cocktails for summer and cooking the barbecue tips yep. and uh, yep. bikini styles. Now's, <laughs> now's the time to get into shape for the beach. That's right. <laughs> and we're just, we're just, you know, getting ready to slop in front of the telly for the, for the next uh, few months and, and, and wait out the winter. Yep, we're, we're just going, we're preparing for hibernation to, to crawl to crawl into our man and woman caves. If that doesn't sound too rude, <laughs> you know, I've never ca- catched on the phrase "woman cave" because it just sounds mm. rude. Whereas "man cave" sounds fine. <laughs> now, to think about it, "man cave" doesn't sound very good. Mm, no, yeah. no, no. Moving right along. So, what what have we got on this this bits, uh, Simon? I think you're yeah, you're kicking us off this week. Yep, batter up. Uh, my first bit for. This uh, edition is a mod notebook. Hmm. New ideas are always changing, but the way we capture them doesn't have to. We create ideas from our experience and then mold them with time. That moment the idea is born, it is poured on the paper, where it becomes something special, something worth keeping that fills pages. And these pages become books, overflowing with ideas that can shape our future. A bridge, a poem, a journey. With Mod, we can help grow your ideas and then let you keep them close, even if they grow complex and numerous, because each idea was formed from your personal experiences. Each one is special. And now that single idea has become your personal library. Now have all your ideas with you all the time. Mod Notebooks. It's an app. It's a service. It's a notebook. Which they they call a paper notebook that syncs to the cloud. 
We've never seen those before, Simon. No, it just is, what a, don't you just want to punch them? To, from the moment you looked at it, didn't you just want to punch them and go, it's a notebook. Yeah. We've talked about stationery and how it's sort of been fetishized now since we're all mainly dealing with pushing pixels around via email. So so you've got you've had all sorts of people doing all sorts of things with uh, and notebooks. You've got uh, you've got Evernote of course, which mm. partners with the with Moleskine, who will partner with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> They're anybody's bitch. They are. They are just so desperate they keep on they come out with special editions of, of uh, Moleskine notebooks for anybody. Um had Lego versions, Star Wars versions. The one that really made me feel nauseous was the Woodstock Anniversary Edition. <laughs> uh, for all you boomers out there. This is called Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Please play a song That's right, I shit you not. <laughs> but you sure did shit me with that one. Yes. Uh, and they've come out, even I think in the last day or so, they've come out with a special, this made me laugh, his special business notebook edition. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Evernote. Uh, so in corporate grey. That's right. And um, and it just looked like, um, well, it looked like a typical Moleskine, but it comes with a little sets of stickers that uh, when you photograph them with your, <coughs> your uh, connected camera, it will recognise the... Um, little stickers and help you categorize things. I think we've covered that before. Yeah, but, yeah. And look, look. to be honest, I use Evernote. It's very good. I love uh, photographing documents with it. It's got the, the way they tweak the cameras and stuff. And then when the stuff gets uploaded, it gets indexed, which is great. So you can actually search for things that are, you know, have the text in it that they've OCR'd and recognized. Yes. That works really well. And but, and I think their, um, their system for taking photos and cataloging Business cards is also very good. I've yep. used a few times and it's it's very good. Does a great job. But I've never needed to feel I've never felt the need to have a special notebook. No. 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 So what so what sets the mod notebook apart, Simon? <laughs> well, I'm sort of glad you asked that, Stephen. <laughs> um basically you use it and then you you bung it in a in a jiffy bag and you post it to them and they scan every page <laughs> and, and then I think they send the notebook back to you but then you, it's in the cloud Stephen in the cloud mm. so is it possible that this is just sending it to some bloke with a guillotine and a scan snap <laughs> that's the sort of impression you get isn't it it is yeah. a bit isn't it maybe it's, maybe he's just the maybe he's just a super Evernote user and he just photographs all the pages right. from his iPhone it could well be, but uh, yeah. So that's so that that's that's the the deal here is that you use it as a notebook because that's what it is. Yeah, and then you when it's finished, it comes, doesn't it, with like a prepaid shipping contain a yeah. shipping so, yeah. envelope. Yep. Yeah. So so it's you know it's like those old uh, you know DVD uh, online DVD things where you you send the DVDs back in the in the prepaid envelopes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's Netflix of about. Ten years ago, yeah. Not that not that we in Australia would know, but yeah, we, we we have Quick Flicks here, yeah, which is in no way related to Netflix. No, not at all. <laughs> but the same sort of idea where you can rent movies and then send them back in the mail. Yep. Mm. And it sort of packages them up a bit like I don't know if you've seen what's that? There's a iOS app. I think it's called Paper. Yes. And it 
which is, I think, uh, owned by Evernote. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Penultimate, I think, is yeah. owned by Evernote. Yeah. I think Penultimate might do as well, but there's been a couple of apps that have tried to simulate simulate the notebooks uh, on, on, the, on, on screen. Mm. Yeah, is well, it, certainly Penultimate's one that I've yeah. used that that does a similar sort of thing, and it's uh, it's the in the more recent versions of that, it has a little follow feature where if you zoom in on the page and start writing, it attempts to shift the page underneath yep. as you write, to so that you kind of can be zoomed in and see your your handwriting up close. Yeah. Which Only, works-ish, kind of. I, I, th- I think it has to work that way because it, it's any way you can get the the uh, deal with the resolution of your handwriting. You can't yes. because you generally the the styluses uh, can't do, do uh, don't have that high resolution. So you zoom in and you, you you're writing in the same coarse resolution that if you were zoomed out in, it wouldn't be able to recognize like the tip of a pen to properly capture your handwriting yes but, but it's got um you know a beautifully executed website which is actually probably the main thing about this this is a complete art direction event these modern mm. notebooks it's it's all about this website just making it look like it's just a re- the coolest thing ever mm. and the smartest thing ever to have this dumbass product the other thing that that struck me when you look at it, so the so when you play the the fantastic uh, video that accompanies the 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 um, web page, mm. it's uh, someone who is obviously like an architect or drafts person of some sort who has filled up their notebook with these amazing um, draft drafted pictures yep. of of houses and architect drawings and things, and then they send it away and get it scanned. But all I could think of when I was writing, if, if I send in my notebooks, half of it would be, you know, shopping lists, um, doodles while I was talking to someone on the phone. P- pictures uh, of rabbits with enlarged genitals, that kind of thing. Uh, you know me well. <laughs> um, yeah, so... so was, it was would, an uh, Easter-themed joke there, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so I would say that fully 70% of my notebooks that I use uh, contain extraneous shit that I would never want on the web anyway. So, mm. um, that's the other thing is I thought, well, if, if if all you ever do in your notebook is is gold, you know, it's all this fantastic, beautifully sculptured um, drawings and things, then yes, I could see how this could be potentially an interesting thing to get that all up on the web for you. But, but really, mm. uh, it's like it's a solution waiting for a problem. Leonardo for, for, da Vinci would have loved this notebook. Yes, Leonardo da Vinci would have found this extremely... Helpful, I'm sure. I know Andy probably didn't want to share his uh, his uh, plans and and schemes because that's how he made money. Um, there is a movement uh, of sorts, movement maybe somewhat overstating it, called sketch notes, which is sort of a, a whole way of taking notes where you draw pictures. Oh, okay. Now, how can I say this without sounding like a a sexist job? I just say embrace your sexist. It's just job. this. It's this sort of girly way of taking notes. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe because it's sort of like a a teenage girly sort of way of like drawing elaborate notes in a in a pictorial manner, hmm. which is meant to be like a way of, of um, effectively capturing stuff that you information you're trying to remember, but because you're doing it in a thoughtful way, 
um, and a visual way that's meant to be more effective. So, is it a kind of like an analog version of Pinterest type thing, like where you sort of draw things that you're interested in getting and how they connect together and yeah, things like that? But it's sort of you. You know when that kind of you. You know when you sort of draw like an elaborate headline, like you try and do like a three D, like a like the old Superman logo or something. You'd be drawing a particular, you know, just doodling away. It's that kind of thing where it's yeah, yeah. So the first one that Roger suggested was the idea of overload. Now there's plenty of ways you can do this, but the the image that immediately came to me was that of a person under the so weight. I actually had the person, I start palate. with the person first, and I've got his knees bent like this. And he's really just trying to strain and, and then drawing like maybe even the, the board is bowing really a little bit because there's so much be weight on there. Complicated. And then boxes uh, on top box. of boxes, maybe there's a round thing, maybe that's like a 55 so gallon drum of oil. Time you have, you know, you can fill that in. Maybe there's little or as much as, as you well. like, but the, the concept here is to really suggest put, like, little this guy's really overloaded here at the edges of the object. And what that does is it just suggests the idea of instability. And then maybe the final thing you can do is maybe Yeah, and, and there's, you can buy books on it and there's like enthusiasts who, you know, share their their doodles, their, their sketch notes from conferences and stuff. And uh, Okay. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay. Oh, those kind of people. Oh, These are special yes. people, aren't they, Simon? Yes. <laughs> special needs. That's right. I know. Yeah, so I think they would love this because it's like, it's a validation of, of, the, of the whole, everything I do is awesome. Hmm. <laughs> and and everything I should do should be preserved because yes. you know when when civilization and, 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 and be able wall, to be sorry yeah no, sorry when civilization hits the wall you know or in two hundred years time my notebooks will be what, we, what people are talking about they will be Leonardo's notebooks of, the, hmm. of his day or yeah, another way of looking at it is it's not enough that. Uh, Google and the like are able to sift through and um, target ads to uh, all of my search information and every document that I do. Now it has to be every doodle and drawing and private note that I write as well. Mm. It has to be scanned, indexed, and uh, presumably data logged by somebody. Yes. Anyway, that's Mod Notebooks. Um, another variation. Yeah, I mean... I. Uh, so I'm presuming from what you're saying then it's not something you these things because I know that we had a chat about this in the past I think it might have been about Moleskine um, and I kind of said I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm never really going to use one of these uh, sort of note taking and the web solutions it just doesn't I'm, I'm quite happy just to have a pen and write in a notebook and that's uh, you know, uh, for lists and, and pro productivity type things, I tend to just do that. And you, I know you're slightly different because you use productivity type list taking apps. But you, yep. but but can you see yourself using this kind of thing though, or any any variant thereof? Not this, no, no. But um, I'll um, I'll ask you to investigate Bullet Journal. Bullet Journal. Yes. Okay. It's an analog solution. <laughs> Okay. Yep. I've got it written down. I will look it up uh, it, in due it, course. It too has a very impressive website. Excellent. Uh, and a very impressive video. And okay. I'll be interested to see what you what you think of it. You think I'm? You think I might move over to the dark side if I have a look at that? Yeah, you might. 
But okay. it, it's it's I mean it, it's I kind of half use it. Okay. But I, I just think there's also like some of this stuff really just appeals to the OCD. <laughs> OCD people that work in a very quiet space by themselves hmm. and don't have to really deal with the outside world much or being interrupted. Shall we move on to my first bit? Yes. Okay. Um, so my first bit is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the Logic Remote, uh, which is um, some. It's a it's an iOS app uh, released by Apple. Uh, it was released a little while ago. I don't know, maybe three or four months ago now. And, and why would it be remotely interesting? Two hours. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um. So. So the way this has worked out for me, so I don't have Logic installed on my system, mm. um, but it's kind of one of those things I kind of think, oh, I really should get around to to doing it. I've got GarageBand, which I use uh, uh, for most of the things that I do. Yep. And I've got um, uh, what's it called? Stage, stage. What's Apple's live performance? Stage fright. Something like that, <laughs> which, as you can tell by the fact that I can't even recall it, I don't use very often, but it comes with all of Logic's um, patches. So, yep. it's a way of getting Logic without paying for Logic, if you like, when you, and I just use those instruments within GarageBand. Okay. A- anywho, so, uh, I downloaded Logic when it came out, Logic Remote when it came out, because I thought, oh, you know, one day I'll end up getting Logic and I'll have a look at it. And it's just kind of sat there for a couple of months. And then I recently saw um, someone allude to the fact that it actually works in GarageBand. So, um, so I uh, opened up GarageBand and I absolutely love, love, love this application. So, there is just something, and we may have even spoken about it in the past, about having fingers on faders mm. um, and f- fingers on instrument patches, which really transform the experience as opposed to trying to click things with a mouse. It's what touch devices do best yep um and so the the logic remote uh, in garage band at least is a a fantastic application you launch it it works over the wireless network and it basically just says is this your computer you say yes and once you've done that that's it it so zero setup time um and it's um just a beautifully clear interface where basically you've got on the left hand side of the of the um of the uh, application you've got a series a a little menu button that you push um, and it uh, allows you then to transform the touchpad from to a a couple of different things i'll just quickly go through them it's got a a traditional mixer application which allows you to see faders and mix um, instruments which is fantastic it's got a fretboard so that you can actually play if you're using uh, apple's um, bass or guitar type instruments you can you can play notes and you can oh, bend cute. you can you can bend notes as you go um, it's got drum pads so that any patch that you've got that um, involves drums you yep. can now get your fingers on and play which um, I've 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 always preferred that to trying to play it on a MIDI keyboard it just works better for me yep um, so that's fabulous um, and it's got a, a a really, really great thing, which is called smart controls too. So, if you push the smart control, you can have it set to either being a drum pad smart control or a keyboard smart control. Um, and what it does is it basically splits the touchpad in half um, and either presents at the bottom half either drum pads or, or a keyboard. Yep. And, at the top, and at the top half, it gives you all of the, uh, depending on which patch you're in, it gives you 
dedicated controls for the most used um, features of that particular patch. Nice. And it is incredibly um, intuitive. There's no lag at all in what you do. Um, and it is just a... It, I, I can't... Uh, it's one of those things that once you use it, you just go, wow, this is just such a lovely way to interact with a, with a music application. It, it really has... Since I've had this app up and running in the last sort of maybe week and a half, two weeks, um, I've done more recording than I had for a year just because it's so much fun to do. It's so easy to set up. And at the end of and and what's more, I suppose at the end of a, a session, it's so easy to put away. Um, you know, there's not this whole sort of elaborate. Oh, I'm going to do some recording, so I have to do all this sort of setting up stuff. You can just kind of set up where you are and pull down afterwards. Um, do, do Do you think part of it is that it basically stops you from looking at the screen and stops you from having to sit down and have a mouse hand? So suddenly you're kind of back to more of a whole kinetic thing of just listening with your ears and playing with your body the instrument rather than sort of you know, yeah. ha- having to be within arm's reach of the mouse or what have you. you yeah, know, or, sh- or that whole kind of that run across the room, hit the record button, then run back kind of thing. I'm sure that's part of it. Um, I, I think also for me in particular, because my background is in um, old-fashioned tape, you know, uh, traditional recording, um, it's a little bit of a throwback to that. Um, I, I would always get frustrated uh, when I was recording in GarageBand or Logic or any of those or Pro Tools where, for instance, doing a simple mix where you're changing levels on a number of instruments, um, you're sort of left with um, doing some sort of elaborate uh, record, um, recording of, of automation information or dropping down markers and putting and and manipulating clips that way, which tends to be kind of slow and kludgy kind of way of doing things. Whereas um, back in back in the old days, you know, you would just play the tape and you'd be able to record your mix using the faders, touch faders that you could have laid out in front of you, which was just, um, for me at least, a much more intuitive and fun way of interacting with music. Mm. Um, and this takes you back to that. It means that, that um, you can actually have your console if you like laid out in front of you you can make quick adjustments to multiple instruments as they're going um mm. and it's just for me at least it, it it adds so much more fun to the experience of doing music production so it's um it's just yeah it's just really been considering it's a free app um and it and it doesn't add any feature it just allows you to tap into the features that already exist in so much more intuitive kind of way um, it's been, yeah, just an incredible thing. I'm so grateful that sometimes apps like this come along that just kind of work and they just make things better. I'm feeling a bit of a bunny now. I bought a, I actually bought an app called MIDI Studio, which, um, <laughs> which, which has many of those uh, uh, varieties of control interfaces from a, a keyboard to mixer to drum pads to, um, yes, even a drum setup um, and those little XY pads and stuff yes. and, and you can it comes in flavors for both ipad and iphone and the shit and, and they're quite good to fire up and just step you away from um step you away from uh uh you know having to clutch the mouse all the time etc hmm. Hmm. Well, i'd be interested if you got garage band 10 the latest garage band have you i might have got it auto might have got auto updated in the last round of what have you so i think i'll check check it out Hmm. If you have got the latest uh, version of GarageBand, then it works with that and it's a free download. So, it'd be interesting actually to check it out and see what you think compared to the, okay. excuse me, the dedicated application that you've already got. 
Well, I'll definitely do that. Sounds, yeah. um, sounds promising. Very promising. So, so that is all. That is Logic Remote, a <laughs> fabulous little free app from Apple. Well, speaking of fabulous free apps, far, on a far simpler scale, I suppose, it's my next bit, which is called Double, double spelt D-U-B-B-L-E, because that's how the kids, that's how the kids say, <laughs> spell it. Um, and, and Double is, is, is a really simple idea. Uh, it's basically that uh, you upload photos to the Double community and um, once you upload a photo it then uh, uh, overlays that with someone else's photo creating a double exposure see what they did there um, and so you can basically you can look at photos you up that suddenly get you know uh, double exposed with someone else's and you get some some great um, accidents some visually striking accents and then you get stuff that's just quite mundane or doesn't work but um, it's quite I find it quite delicious to have just the serendipity of um, seeing your photograph mashed with someone else's hmm. someone did, I think that some maybe was originally describing it as it's sort of like when you get those mistakes that used to come when people used to take get their films developed and they'd get it set, get it to the take it to the chemist or something and they'd they'd get an get these accidents that would happen yes with the with the machines that would print the photos and something you know, someone else's photo would be printed on top of yours well it kind of achieves a similar thing and um it started off as just that the app started off just with just sort of a basic set of basic yes upload a photo and then wait a minute and then in it'll end up showing your grid of photos it'll show you the double exposure mm. And then slowly over time, they added it so you can automatically add in the name of the other user that you've, um, if they've done a title for the photo, you can then share that photo onto your social network of choice, if as long as that choice is Facebook or or Instagram or Twitter. Um, and then you can now you can also redouble those photos, so you can you've done a double exposure. You can then add that photo to your list, and then it will get someone else's photo doubled on that. I've taken that to about four or five generations and got some okay results with a couple of photos, but sometimes you have to be patient and redouble a photo. So if you can, you can, it's not just a one-off, you can say, you know, I like that and I want to do that again and, and redouble your original photo, or you can say, that didn't work out very well, delete that and redouble it. Let's see what else, what roll of the dice um, happens. So your partner, if you like, uh, are they're randomly chosen. The, yeah, is that right? That's yeah. right. And so there's no way of you. You can't say I want these two photos that I've taken doubled. No. Okay. Which is, yeah, there are plenty of apps around that can do that sort of thing, basic, mm. or basic, basic sort of apps. But the fact that this is, this is all about the, the rolling the dice and seeing what happens. It's the randomness. Mm. It's a yes. visual. It's a visual trifle, but it's just something that is not is is just all too uncommon in our predefined group of friends uh you know sort of in the whole nature of the internet and and, and uh social networks etc there's very little randomness that mm. unless it's unless it's a random ad that that's that's shoved in front of you there's very little randomness or, or um serendipity as i said before in um in on in online in our online communication so i, I really like it too because you just something happens and you just you've there's no you have no idea what will be the result that sounds fantastic yeah 
And I, I mean, it's not something that I'm using at the moment, but I do love the idea of it just being a random mm. thing. Yeah. So, um, so my last, the last um, thing is is PowerShop. So, um, recently, at the start of the year, I decided that I would have a look around for a different energy provider. We've been with, the, I think, I, I presume, like most people, we kind of just landed on a on a place when we kind of moved in here and have never Steve, bothered were you, to. Were you dissatisfied with the quality of the electricity you were getting? Yes, I was. Yes, yeah, the just range wasn't of, as, just wasn't as zappy as it used to be. The range of voltages just didn't seem to be comprehensive <laughs> enough. Indeed. So basically, um, what PowerShop do is you sign up with them, and you download their applications, which are Android and iOS, um, and you uh, they basically have um, what they call power packs. They have packs of energy that you uh, can buy off them. At different rates, depending on what you're interested in, yep. and and they the application gives you a graphic of how much power you're using, how much power you've bought, um, and you just top up with power as you go. So effectively, if you want to, you, you can use it like a like an old fashioned service where they bill you at the end of a month or a quarter and and you pay. Mm. But the way it's really structured is for you to buy power packs as you go, and st- and there's incentives for you to stay to prepay. So they'll give you a discount on power if you pay for part of your next month's energy needs, if you like. Yep. Which I suppose works out good for them because they get the money up front, and, and they pass the discount on to you. Mm. Uh, and uh, and on things like, for instance, it's the Easter holidays here. So I got a Good Friday power pack deal yesterday, where they'll, you know, so if there's a it's a public holiday coming up, they'll they'll offer to to sell you a little bit of energy. Um, at a at a discount price. Anyway, so I think it's a kind of interesting uh, interesting idea. Uh, yep. So, and it, it and it has changed. You know, I'm the sort of person who just would wait for a bill to come in, and then I'd schedule a payment for it on my online banking, and that would be it. Um, and it has changed my behaviour in that I check how much power I'm using um, more often. The the graphic display that they use in the in the apps does give you a really good idea of how much you're using this week compared to last week and how much you used last month and what your projected uh, usage is for the upcoming months. Hmm. Um, and because I like to just sort of check what upcoming power packs are available, I'll pop on there and often buy a pre, pre-buy all my power. Um, uh, it's you, you type in a pin to get into it, into the application, yep. um, because it stores your, your credit card details. So buying a power pack is literally just please buy this one. Yes, thank you very much. Come, a little confirmation so screen. That you, are Apple, you sure? And you go, yes. Yes, so Apple. Apple doesn't get their 30% cut of their your no, purchases? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, it's, so it's really, really simple to use. And it's the sort of thing now where if I'm uh, on public transport or if I'm just going for a walk or something, sometimes I think, oh, I'll just check how we're going with our power at the moment. Um, the, the, disp- the default display gives you where you're at for the month and, and what you would need to do to sort of stay in front. And I'll just, you know, tap on a, a bit of power and and close the app, and I'm done. Yeah, um, then you th- then you go home and and you say to the kids, "Hey, we're having a blackout Wednesday." <laughs> yes, that's right. It'll be fun. So <laughs> another one. So anyway, it, it, you know, it's a different approach to purchasing power, yeah. um, and you know, it, it's it's very uh, mobile literate kind of type company. I don't think they've got much in the way of physical infrastructure. I think it's pretty much an online company. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a, a, a kind of well-implemented, interesting kind of way of doing things that that actually does, you know, we talked recently about the nudge unit, nudging you to use to do different behavior. 
now I've always been someone who pays my my bills on time and schedule stuff, but I also I would imagine that for people who perhaps struggle to remember to do those things, this mm. would be a great little uh, way of saying, you know, what I'll just keep up because it's just so easy. I'm sitting on the tram on the way into work or whatever. I can just top up my power and forget about it. Yeah. Um, so this, um, I just so I'll share just a, um, a, an experience I had with my power company. So maybe a year ago or something, I was a bit, a bit dissatisfied, you know, because the bills were going up and I kind of carry on. So I thought, I'll, I'll look, I'll go and I'll look on one of those recommendation sites and I'll try and find another supplier. Mm-hmm. And um, there were dogs breakfast of, um, and they certainly lack a lot of clarity of those comparison sites, you know, because there's all, and, and I, I sort of, I found a, I found an electricity supplier that was in our area that, uh, and appeared that I could, um, that they offered a better rate. So, well, we'll move to them. Mm. So, so, um, we, uh, so, yeah, I, I clicked the, I clicked the button on the, the web form and, um, right, well, that's sorted. And then within, I think within one week of me clicking on that, uh, I got a, I got an offer for my current electricity supplier. Surprise, surprise. Yes, because of course there's a, they have to be notified that you're moving, that you're going to change because they have to, I presume they just have to tick a box somewhere because there's not really much else they need to do. And um, that was great. And then it turned out there was one of those weird, oh, that, oh no, you're not actually eligible for that offer from the company that was looking, the rates look too good to be true because mm. for whatever reason, it and it's Oh well, that's all right then. There's a ten day cooling off period, so um, so bye bye. I'll stick with my. I'll and yes, thank you, electricity supplier. We'll take you up on your new generous offer that you hadn't been offering me before. I went and looked at other electricity suppliers. No, uh, and I must admit this this is a little bit of a bugbear of mine is that I got a similar call from my current or my old energy provider who I'd been with for. I don't know, 10 years or something like that, who all of a sudden remembered who I was and said, oh, oh don't don't pay as much as that, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a great discount. Make sure that you stay with us. Yeah. Um, but my my answer to them was that that, that was something that they should be doing uh, on a regular basis is reviewing my thing and given that I'm a good customer and I'm paying my bills on time and everything, then why hadn't they offered me a, a better rate uh, in the past? Well, I know yeah. they, I know the reason is because why would they when they're making a good, good coin out of me? But yeah. Um, but I said that's the time when you should get me if you're going to get me uh, now the you know eleventh hour after I'm just switched over to a new com- com- company I'm not going to not going to do. But but they have no way of measuring your dissatisfaction. They have no, they they have no way of you knowing. Like, I mean, you know, from I'm just saying it from their perspective. The only way they know that you might be uh, looking at going elsewhere is when you look to go elsewhere. I guess, but I mean, if I use PowerShop as an example, they have um, a, a part of their app is all about, here's how much power have you, you've used, here's some alternative plans that we've got, which would actually save money if you're prepared to modify your behavior around what you use, for instance. Yeah. Would you, if you'd like to put your dishwasher and, and, and um, your clothes washer on at midnight every, every night, then we can save you even more money. Here's what we could do. Here's how it would work out for you. Mm. So they give you a, a, some helpful kind of ways of if you want to try and save more money, here's some ways to do it. Yep. Um, and because uh, of the system that they use, they're constantly offering me, a customer who's already with them, 
uh, special deals based on what they can get at the time, what 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 um, cheap power they can negotiate at the time, mm. and that's and that seems to me to be the op- uh, an optimal way of doing this. That yeah. that that this uh, this solves that problem if you like, because I am constantly being offered better uh, rates on my power based on what they can currently get. So, so does the app make that really cool sizzling zappy zappy noise every time you? <laughs> it, it doesn't, but the, their thing is that their logo is actually a a PowerPoint, um, but a smile uh, smiling at you. So the the, oh. the and so what it does is when you log into your application, when you punch in your your um, pin number, it gives you a little wink. It smiles and gives you a little wink to make you feel good as it's going in. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it gives you a little warm fuzzies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there you go. So, I just thought, you know, interesting to see that the, I, I had not heard about this company before. I can't recall the last time my electricity supplier winked at me. Well, and doesn't I, the world need more winking power supply companies? I feel so dehumanized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a number to them. <laughs> They really like me. Because they wink at you. They wink at me <laughs> in a kind of creepy, awkward way. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> um, yeah, and it hasn't got... Uh, the other thing I suppose I should say is it hasn't got to the point with this too. They haven't tried to go too far with it. it does, it's not like, do you want to post on Facebook that yeah. you just bought some power or, hey, so, we, we just tweeted that you're awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, I just figured that their logo could be... Putting the emoticon into electricity. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, an interesting little take on, on buying power. Um, I'm not sure how prevalent this is in other parts of the world, whether there are companies doing the same sort of thing. Hmm. But, um, but yeah, an interesting one from, from Australia anyway. I think so, Australia and New Zealand, this com- company runs. Nice. Sounds, sounds very futuristic. It does. And that's, uh, that's it for, for my four bits and for the show, indeed. Indeed. Hmm. It's been great catching up though, mate. Very nice. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, Easter and that you uh, have lots of delicious Easter eggs, if that's what you want. Yeah. If, if you're not fasting. And no, not- Kicking it old school. Not that I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, I've just been hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Hey. Nice. All right. Well, you have a great- uh, Enjoy the rest of your Easter break and we'll see you soon for the- next uh, uh, upcoming episode of The Bits. Indeed. See you, Steve. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the 4-Bits podcast with Steve Baker and Kirby Simon. Simon Kirby. <laughs>